Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. Thank you. God is so good, isn't He? Why don't we pray right now? Let's just open up our hearts to receive. What a fantastic time we've had praising and worshipping God. And that uh, helps prepare the soil of our heart to receive the seed of the Word. So, Father God, we thank you for the power of your Word. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you know us and that you love us so deeply. And I pray, God, that as I speak your Word, Lord, anoint the words, anoint what I have. Lord, I pray that you will flow through me with your power, your healing, your grace and your deliverance. We just surrender our hearts and our minds to you, to honour you, to praise you and to love you with all of our hearts. We celebrate you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Please take your seats. I want to talk this morning about fruitfulness. Thank you, Ashley. It's always good to have you on the keys, isn't it? <laughs> and uh, I was reading during the um, holiday break, um, this word came, came really strong um, to me. And it was from um, Jeremiah. It started there. Jeremiah um, 17 verses 7 and 8 in the NIV. I flicked between the NIV and the Passion Translation or the Amplified Bible usually just to get a little bit more of a background. And it said in verse 7, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes, its leaves are always green, and has no worries in the year of drought, and never fails to bear fruit. Isn't that, isn't that wonderful? This scripture is talking about a couple of keys on how to remain fruitful, and it's, it talks about developing deep roots getting deep roots in your life and and also resilience in times of drought and heat. I'll talk a little bit more about that. When the Bible talks of heat, it, it's talking about the pressures of life. When the Bible talks about drought, it's talking about a season of crisis or lack. And we go through seasons in life. There are seasons. And God has promised that he will be with us through those seasons, those times of pressure, of prolonged stress where you may have, uh, you're caring for a, a sick loved one. You know, where there's a season where you are giving, you're the carer, you're going above and beyond. He promises to be with you in that season and that you will be fruitful even in that season of crisis, even in that time of extension of of your capacities he will he will help you strengthen you and continue to you'll have green leaves and you continue to produce fruit those times of high physical and emotional anxiety the roots so what's the answer to these um, how can we develop these roots and what kind of circumstances do we need to position ourselves in the bible says that um 
these, we've got to have our roots down into the living water. Jesus said in um, John 7, 37 and 38, on the last day of the feast, the greatest day, Jesus stood with a, in a loud voice and he said, let anybody who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, rivers of living water will flow out from within them. This is talking about like a spring within you that keeps refreshing and sustaining you over and over again. It's not just a one-time event. It's not just a one once getting prayed for at an altar. No, the Holy Spirit lives from within you. And out of that innermost being, rivers of living water flow. And when you are in a time of, of need, it could be just that I want to pray for you. And out of that innermost being, the rivers of living water will flow up and out of you. And you will be amazed what the Holy Spirit will say and do through you. It's a beautiful, beautiful gift. So we are inviting. How do we do that? Simply inviting. Inviting the Holy Spirit into your life. Inviting God in and saying, I want to rely on you as the source and the strength of my life. Ephesians 3, 16 to 18 says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his Holy Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Can you hear it? Your roots will go down deep into God's love and keep you strong. Can you hear that? And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep God's love truly is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it, it may be too great to fully understand, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Don't you just, can you hear the scripture just does you good? <laughs> It just builds your spirit up. It's so true. Do you know that it's five years this month that I um, had surgery for thyroid cancer? I had three growths that were discovered. Two of them were like goiter-type growths and the other one was, was cancer on my thyroid. And it was a shock. It was a big shock to all of us. And, and I had to tell my family on Rachel's birthday... And I never want to have to do that again, in Jesus' name. And after following the surgery, I went to Brisbane. I had to have special um, conditions around the surgery because I'm a bleeder. And um, the this, this surgeon, so I had the best. <laughs> I went straight through to Brisbane and I was in the Wesley. And I had the surgery, but every, and then I waited at home for the results and... And, and the recovery was over months. I had, it was very, very hot five years ago. And I had to be in air conditioning. I had to stay really cool and uh, calm. And, you know, like, and you know that I felt right from the surgery, I felt the presence of God. I felt, I literally, I didn't see it with my natural eye, but I saw it, I saw it in my spirit. Jesus walked. I was, I was just about to be wheeled in and then they parked me and they said, just a moment. And so I thought, good. And, and the Holy Spirit, I felt the Lord come right in, walk around my bed 
and then take my hand. And I held his hand and he, and he reassured me, said, you're going to be You're going to be fine. You're going to come through this stronger than ever. And I thought, thank you. And I said, you stay with me. So I went. And so we went together all the way in there. And I'm like this the whole time until I was out under. You know, he never let go of me. And then when I got home, I just got so well. And, And then from there... Every six months, I've had blood tests and checks, and they've all come back clear. Every single one, I'm kept by the goodness and the grace of God and his healing power. And I praise God every day, and I thank him for his incredible goodness. You know, we need to plant ourselves where you can flourish. Plant yourself in the house of God. It's, it's meant to be participated. It's meant to be experienced, not just watched. I know that at the moment we've got to have um, online. And God bless you, everybody watching online. And that is a blessing right now. But I'm just saying in general, it's good to come to church regularly. Get yourself in the house of God. Get in the prayer meetings. Plant yourself where you can flourish and see what God will do. And then you draw your energy and inspiration from him. Where do you draw your inspiration from? Where do you draw? What, what river and stream are you tapped into? Have you ever asked yourself that? You know, the internet is full of opinions and strong opinions at the moment, polarizing our community and the world. And you need to be careful what you're partnering with. What stream is your roots getting into? Because, you know, there's some very independent thinkers that that could take you down a rebellious pathway that you might find yourself being bitter and twisted and judgy. And, And that's not God. God doesn't want us to judge one another. He said that the the way you'll know them is their fruit. What you see, the fruit in their lives, that's what we judge. But we don't judge people and their behaviours. And that's God's job. You're not God. We're not God. (laughs) That's God's job. And we trust him with their lives. Our relationships. Are you drawing your sense of self-worth from your relationships, from your friends? From your career, are you finding your identity in what you do? Are you, what about your money? Is your money your security blanket? Is that where you are getting your comfort from, from the things that you buy? What about adrenaline rushes? That there's a whole group of people that um, risky behaviour is a real buzz. It's a real source with, that they draw up from. I, um, I never expected this, but we have two beautiful sons, two great sons, and I've got uh, pictures of them um, down the back there. This is Stephen on the... On the um, what is it? You're right. Um, <laughs> there. And, and his son, Archer, and Tim behind him. And then there's another picture of a bike, a motorbike. That's Tim. And um, the need for speed. I never saw that coming in Tim. Well, I probably did a little. When they were young, on school holidays, I heard all this commotion in the shed. And the neighbours' kids and boys had come over and they were banging and crashing and drilling and, and like, go and get that. Oh, yeah, that's good. 
And then I got some rope and they built a go-kart. And I thought, oh, yeah, here we go. And they'd used some old wheels that I'd had off a, a, a trolley, you know, for your clothes out to the line. And they had an old box, a wooden box, and they'd made this thing with the rope. And, and our neighbours across, we lived in North Budrum, and the neighbour's driveway was fairly steep, so they thought, oh, let's go up there. They knocked on the door to make sure they were out. So they got up there, and there's Tim in this go-kart. And then, whoosh, down he goes. And the only way he could stop, he, was, he went straight down the street. Just thank God there was no one coming. But he was hooked. He was hooked on the adrenaline of speed and rush of, of fast, going fast. Oh, that was fun. Let's take it up. Let's go up your driveway. There was the other boy that was there. His driveway was longer, so they were running down there. I wasn't fully aware of what they were doing at the stage. I was in Cyber Rachel. And then they thought, oh, this is even better fun. Let's go up Somerset Drive. Now, Somerset Drive was a, it's a 45 degree angle of a steep, like it's like that. It goes from the top of Budrum straight down to North Budrum um, in one big rush. So, up into this, you know, these boys get in this, this little go kart and they set off in Somerset Drive. Now, Stephen and Tim are inside it together at this stage, flying, unbeknownst to me, flying down Somerset Drive, dodging traffic cars, parked cars, I don't know what. They, they come flying down so hard, they hit the gutter and the thing, the dis, the whole go-kart disintegrated. They went flying over the top. Thankfully, they landed on one of the neighbours' lawns. And uh, apart from a few bumps and scrapes and bruises, they were otherwise unharmed. But that was the seeds of that, of the other. That, well, that, that's the, the, the motorbike. That was the seeds that went to that. So he then got his motorbikes and it had to go bigger and faster. And he ended up with the 1,000cc Haibusa, the fastest mo a registered motorbike that you could have. But he's a really good rider and he had a very good run. He never had an accident or anything. He was really, really good. And he ended up at the Willowbank racetrack um, doing time trials and racing and getting faster and going up a grade and up a grade and up a grade. And, and then he was so loved this so much and he loved that bike so much but do you know what God really spoke to his heart I prayed all the time but God <laughs> I prayed all the time for Satan. and I would get this little pray for Tim pray for Tim and so and I would but God spoke to his heart and said to him I want you to stop racing now and become the chaplain at the racetrack and so he did. He's one of the youngest chaplains at the Willowbank Racetrack today. And, uh, and they love him. And, uh, and, then as, and then they're expecting number three. And he tried everything to um, get out of this. But he really felt the Lord say, I want you to sell your bike. Because the, the baby is due in any time now, a couple of weeks. And so he ended up surrendering that. And they needed a bigger car for their family and they couldn't sort of wrangle it any other way. But, you know, I believe God will honour him and give him the desires of his heart. When the time's right, that he'll, he'll end up with another motorbike. Maybe not a 1,000cc, I was with a... 
bells and whistles, but who knows? But I say all that to say that, you know, there are times when we need to surrender our appetites to God. And there will be times of pruning. There will be even things that are good and fruitful, he will prune it off your life in order to make you more fruitful in a different way. So here we go. Jesus said in um, John 15 and verse 5, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. I have planted you, the Amplified said, that you might go and bear fruit and keep bearing fruit and that your fruit will last so that what, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Um, it's staying connected to the vine. Jesus said, I am the sprouting vine, you are my branches. As you live in union with me and your source, your fruitfulness will stream from within you, but when you live separate from me, you are powerless. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Staying connected to that vine. Colossians 2.7 says again, Let your roots go down deep into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong and the truth, uh, in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. So getting back to our main scripture, Jeremiah 17 and verse 8. How do we stay fruitful in times of pressure? How do we, and in, in prolonged stress, in droughts, in crisis, what about in times of success? How do you stay, let the fruit of the Spirit grow in your life when you're a huge success, when you're on the top of the game, like these tennis players at the moment, you know? How do you stay connected to Jesus in times of extreme success in the natural? We get rid of the weeds, <laughs> In um, Luke eight fourteen, it says, "The weeds, the seeds that fall into the weeds, represent the hearts of those who who hear the word of God, but but their growth is quickly choked by their own anxiety and cares, the riches of this world, and the fleeting pleasures of life. This is why they never mature, become mature, or fruitful." It's quite sobering when you read the scripture. It says, worry, distractions that take our eyes off Jesus can be like a weed that comes up to try to choke that growth. Riches can take our time, our energy, and even our heart if we're not careful. They can take that away. And it's a weed that we need to be aware of, that it's, the potential is there. Pleasure. It, become, it can become a substitute for the life of the spirit. Again, what are you drawing? Where, where are your roots? What are you drawing your inspiration and your life from? So the answer is to stay connected to the vine. Keep Jesus as your life source. I just want to read a, a passage here um, just to reinforce this again. John 15, 1 to 5. Jesus said, I am the true sprouting vine. And the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches um, corrected, um, connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitful branches, the fruitless branches, and pruning every fruitful branch 
that to yield a greater harvest. The words that I have spoken over you also cleanse you. So you must remain in life union with me and I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately connected to mine. I am the sprouting vine and you are the branches. As you live in union with me, your source, fruitfulness will stem from within you. But when you live separate from me, you are powerless. I want to go back to that verse that I stumbled over. Verse 2. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches. Now, I, I, I researched that because I thought I'd made a mistake. I thought I'd typed that in wrong. But it's fruitless. And when I, when I did a bit of research... It's um, the Greek phrase can also be translated, he takes up into himself the branches that are struggling, the ones that are lying on the ground, he lifts, he props them up to give them a chance to be fruitful. Doesn't that speak volumes to our lives? He doesn't just lop us off. He gives us a chance the ones that are that are missing out on the sun, he put positions them to give them every chance to be fruitful and to stay alive and connected to the vine. That's the nature of God. He doesn't remove these branches, but he takes care of them himself, says the Father. As the wise and loving farmer lifts them up off the ground to enhance their growth isn't that beautiful this we take this into context Jesus was telling this story at the last supper the last time that he's with his disciples this shows God's endless love for his disciples and the last night on earth and alive he emphasizes God's love even to those who would disappoint him now Peter's denial didn't bring rejection from Jesus, but he restored him. Do you remember? He restored him. I want you to take hope from that this morning, that no matter where you are, if you feel like, like I'm, just, I'm just in there, but I really don't see a lot of fruit in my life. I'm not seeing these, these characters, the, the fruit of the spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the kindness. I'm just not seeing the fruit in my life. Hang in there. Stay connected. And God will do something really wonderful in your life. I, um, I woke up this morning with one of those really old songs in my head. Some of them are quite annoying. But it just goes around and around and around and around and around. But um, I just wanted to, I just feel to share it because it really drives home this point. Who remembers? I found a new way of living. I found a new life divine. I have the fruit of the spirit and I'm abiding, abiding in the vine all together now. Abiding in the vine, abiding in the vine. Love, joy, health, peace, he has made them mine. 
I have prosperity, power and victory abiding, abiding in the vine. Yay! <laughs> Try and get that out of your head now. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. <laughs> Pruning. Pruning <laughs> promotes growth. I read a quote from Craig Grishel, um recently. It said, discipline is the bridge between who you are and who you want to be. Discipline. Hebrews 12, 11 says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace to those who are trained by it. Did you hear that? Training, equipping. God is shaping our character. He is removing the dead branches. He is pruning away things so that we will become fruitful. Even things that you may have been fruitful. You know, Ross, he um, likes to, he looks after things, things grow in his, in his garden. And to be prune the trees at times. And you think, that's too much because it's already quite fruitful, you know, it's doing really well. But there, there comes a time when, you, when it has to be pruned in order for the new fresh growth and it actually enhances the fruitfulness of the tree. You might be in a place where God has pruned some things from your life and you, you're questioning why. But trust him. He has your best interest in mind. And as we lay that us down and surrender our hearts to him, you'll see incredible fruit grow. The Holy Spirit will teach us how to um, connect in with him. There are also times when you've got to fight the good fight of faith, to take hold of, the, of eternal life to which you have been called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. We have to learn to fight in the spirit. Well, this is what we're doing in prayer. And tonight, the prayer and praise. There's a praise is a weapon. Do you realize that? Worship clears the atmosphere. The enemy cannot stand it when we worship. He cannot stand it when we praise. And we need to and unite together and pray and praise for healing, deliverance, taking back what the enemy has stole from us, your vision, your faith, your dreams, your family salvation. We take hold of the promises of God in Jesus' name. And we push back and we fight back in the spirit. Because Christ in us is a victory. He gives us a victory. He has won it already. And it's ours by authority. He gives us the authority, the authority of a believer. Just as I come to a close, we went to a funeral on Wednesday, a Thursday of a really godly pastor, John Job. And he is 92 years old. He had lived his entire life for God as a pastor, as a, as a businessman, whatever he did. He had four sons and all of them spoke of his character. He, that it, just the determination, he never was critical and running other people down. He would find something good to say about them. But he spoke the truth in love and they knew they knew that they had to be accountable quickly. There was the love, even as a father, the love kept their sons accountable. And 
he had this incredible big heart. Every, it affected everything that he did. He didn't just have one miniature horse. He thought, why have one when you can have 400? And he'd have, like, he had hundreds of them and they'd just run in circles and he'd breed them. And, and then it was like, why just have one big shed full of chickens when you can have 40? And they had thousands and thousands of chickens and eggs, 100, 150,000 chickens. Why have one when you can have 150,000? He had this big faith, everything. And he used to sit down the back here and every time I spoke to him, I just felt bigger on the inside. His, his eyes would sparkle with faith and love. And he'd say, oh, you're doing a good job, girl. And, and he would just, you know, like, go big, go big, you know, think big, dream big. And, and it was just so encouraging. And he did that right up until the day that he met the Lord. But there was something that, um, that he said. He quote from him, don't let your circumstances determine your outcome. Don't let the circumstances determine your outcome because God has got much bigger plans for you than what your present circumstances. You know, there's another quote, gift and charisma will help you to, to be a success, but it's character that will keep you there. Just to recap, as I come to a close, be planted in Christ. Draw living water and your, and your life source from, the, from Him in the good seasons and the bad seasons. Submit to God's pruning, His training. Have an attitude of, of I surrender. You can work on my character you can change things and let God um, prune your life. Get rid of the weeds. The weeds are the things that we rely on, the things that can easily trip us up. Could be bad friendships, could be bad habits that you've developed. Get rid of the weeds. Fight the good fight of faith. Unite together in prayer. Stay connected to the vine. I want to um, just just finish with this. Luke 6 um, 45 says that we would know trees by their fruit. Like you you go to apple tree, you see apples. Orange trees, you see oranges. People are, are also known in the same way. Out of the virtue stored in their hearts, good and upright people will produce good fruit. Likewise, out of the evil hidden in their hearts, evil ones produce what is evil. For the overflow of what is stored up in your heart will be seen by your fruit and will be heard from by your words. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you keep asking people questions, I've learnt this, keep asking them questions, eventually they will tell you exactly what they are <laughs> and who they are because they'll come back to their favourite sayings and their favourite. And when, when there's a godly, beautiful store in a person's heart, that's what they'll come back to. That's what they'll, you'll hear and you'll start to hear testimonies. Glenda, every time I look at you, I think of how God is healing you and how he's restoring you. 70% of your heart now, instead of 30, you have. 
God's, God's restoring your heart. He's healing you, Glenda. He's healing you by faith and her knee. It's just like God is um, hearing her regularly and uh, giving her the desires of her heart. Why don't you stand with me? And let's pray this prayer together. I'm going to open the altar and invite you. If God's spoken to you through what I've said this morning, and you know that there are weeds, you know that there are things that, have, that you have tapped into that are not godly. Even the success of your life that can be a distraction, good things can drain you. But letting God, letting God in at that, that point, you want to lay that down. You may want to just break off hereditary cultural bondages, things that you know that have come down your family line. In Jesus' name, fight the good fight of faith. Put the bloodline between you and the next generation in Jesus' name and get on, get on and grow and flourish in what God has for you. You may need physical healing. You may need to just say, God, here I am. I want to be connected to you in every possible way that you will. You don't have to come up with this fruit yourself. You realize that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are a gift, that he will give these gifts to you. You don't have to try really hard to, you know, produce fruit. God, by his Holy Spirit, will do the work in you. All you need to do is to respond. Sorry, Nicole, you saw the funny side of that. You don't have to try and pop out the fruit. God will do it in and through you. So we'll surrender that. Before I completely lose it, let me pray this. <laughs> okay, let's pray. God, you know my heart better than anyone. There is nothing I can hide from you. I want to produce good fruit in my life. But I can't do it without you. Please renew my heart so that I might produce fruit for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Father God, let's lift our hands. Lord Jesus, we surrender to you. That's the prayer of our heart. Lord, you know our hearts better than anyone. There is nothing that we hide from you. Lord, we want to be fruitful in your kingdom. We want to see our lives really count. We want to see the enemy defeated and health and strength and life go through our generation, go through to the next generation. And, the next, and those that are, are now being tormented by the enemy, we take authority in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and we cut them free, Lord, over our family and our loved ones and over our minds and our hearts. We pray, God, that that life in the Spirit will be what they are drawing up from and that we will produce a harvest 100-fold that will last and remain long after we have gone. Renew our hearts, Lord, that we will produce a good harvest in the kingdom. Let there be men and women and boys and girls, one into your kingdom, saved, healed and delivered over our community. In the name of Jesus, I renew.
need you. We need you. This community is in desperate need. God, let there be the enemy be pushed back and let your victory be felt in the hearts and lives of the people of Wide Bay Region. Lord, bless our country. Lord, speak to our leaders. Speak to them, Lord, in dreams and visions. Direct them and guide them. And give us good godly leadership over our nation that we will be a blessed nation to be a blessing to the rest of the world. A godly nation under heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just as this song is... is um, playing here and you want to respond, please come forward. If you would like prayer, we'll be more than happy to pray for you. Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.